1: March has arrived and we are only a few weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their 100,000 bracket madness contest starting March 15th. That's right. I said it. They said it. 100,000 and March 15th. You don't need to be a hardcore degenerate to get in on the action and with multiple entries available it's the season's best chance to cash in and remember the NBA and the XFL are still going on strong so whatever your passion is bet online is a place to be for all your betting needs visit our good friends and exclusive partner bet online to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code blue wire or one word for your 50 percent sign up bonus bet online your online sports book experts Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Veterans Minimum at The Lamb Shows, where you can find me. Nick Davis is the name. My guy, A-double-L-E-N, back in the building, looking sharp today.
2: Yeah, I, th- I was like, are you reminding people what your name is? Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, you know what? That was a really bad <laughs> intro. I apologize for <laughs> What that.
2: wrestler used to do that? What, the A-double-L? No, no, what my name is, like you would always constantly tell the crowd, my name, not Paul Heyman, someone else. I feel like there used to be a wrestler that used to cut a promo and he'd always like, say his name. My name
1: i don't know i should know this fuck i don't know mr we kennedy maybe but he's kind of lame i was not really dude yo you know what an ultimate dream of mine is to build a studio well that that's one of the things yeah. that's actually in the works I, I tell you this all the time yeah. but i want my mic to come down like mr kennedy okay user. that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> that'd be so extra right but that'd be so fire if that was the but case if you had the production for it yeah, yeah it definitely would uh, cost us a lot of money to do that but guys Enough about wrestling memories and trying to shadow our inner superstar Alan and I are starting this series. If you guys are listening to this on Patreon, you guys are getting it early it's something that I like to do every year last year. The idea was top twenty five under twenty five now what that was is we took every single athlete around the world in all sports, mostly team sports i know uh, I remember boss had a couple of um like I think Simone Biles was on his list and a couple of tennis players were on okay. some people's list. He went out there. Uh <laughs> Tim had an all-time bad take, had Will Lutz on there and then Will Lutz ended up missing a field goal in the playoffs. Shocking. A week yeah. later, but that was the, the the point of that was a nice fun series to get us through a couple of weeks where now, you know, we're not really strapped on time like we are in the football season so this is where i do like to get creative and bring on more guests as you guys are seeing yeah. over the last couple of weeks and having more fun and exploring because dude i don't know about you but have you watched any of the xfl no
2: i'm kind of burnt out from football
1: thank you yeah. thank you because I'm, I'm just so it just takes so much out of me and you because yeah. we're, we're both doing the same things in between like fantasy and for me the betting and preparing for the show and watching everything yeah. and now I'm taking notes as you know I go out to bars and I'm on my phone because mm-hmm. I'm taking notes of like oh shit you know I really think this third down play was really crucial to the yeah. team's win whatever and I'm just drained bro yeah
2: exactly some people just live football just God bless them but I just they're just obsessive with it me I'm just like I'm into more other sports and I think because football is from September to February it's in, or late January however you want to phrase it but it's just a consistent grind and a lot of people start doing stuff in August so mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you need to at least take a break from, it, especially with free agency and the draft coming up. So, yeah, I don't know. I just it's. I think I'm glad to see players getting an opportunity elsewhere. It seems like this is very stable. It's not like the AAF where it completely crashed. So it's good to see players, you know, making money elsewhere. But committing time to it, I'm good.
1: Well, you know why I think the XFL is going to succeed. A few, a few reasons. One, they have the number one promoter of all time. Hell yeah. Vince McMahon, if you think otherwise, uh, congrats. You played yourself. I also think that they learned their lesson from the first time, right? They learned what didn't work for them. Um, They're playing a lot of games on Saturday, which I think is really cool, really unique. Mm -hmm. And also they're adapting to society nowadays where people love betting. So they have the point spread literally on the team scores. I've watched two XFL games and they were unintentional. Oh, okay. Both times were when I recorded the Derek Jeter podcast with the Twins. Shout out to the Twin Talk Yanks If you haven't heard that player profile, that's up right now. And it was kind of just on in the background. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, I, I did a show before my buddy Dominic's wedding and with Impey, and he just had it in the background. So I yeah. haven't made time to go watch the XL. Right. But you know what? It's I'll tell you this much. It's better than watching Mac football on a Thursday night. Because you do have a lot of professionals in there. I know it's not saying much, but I'm looking forward to the debates of can LSU beat the Guardians and conversations like that, which are always fun. But all right, this series, let's get to it. It's called the top 25 quarterbacks of the 2000s. Now, it's very important that we mention a few things in this criteria and this, this bill that we put together, right? Alan and I do not know who we have. I went to send Alan the picture, and Alan kind of cut a promo on me. He's like, dude, don't send me your fucking list, man. I want it to be organic. I don't want to see it.
2: I think it's just the best way. It creates suspense and uh, creates good interaction because it's like we're going to have live reactions. Like, whoa, you right. had him where? So I just think that's the best way to do it. And,
1: and those, are, those are my favorite kind of shows, my favorite kind of reactions yeah. as well. It's it's one of the reasons you know everything is wrestling. Mm-hmm. I love when... You get that natural reaction, right? Like it's a heel turn or the draft. But but I just think like an appearance. I like, dude. Oh yeah, like like a rumble. Edge coming back at the rumble. I had no idea. Yo, that was that was like the best moment of that day. Because remember, Kobe died that day. So that whole day was just like such a lull and such a. And and I spoke about this, and. And then Edge comes out. I was like, "Yo, for that like minute and a half, bro, nothing else mattered." And yeah, that was like yeah. the coolest thing about wrestling. Song, yeah. So Alan and I do not know who we have on our list. Obviously, there's some names that are gonna be shoe ins, mm-hmm. but it's very important that we drill to you guys what are what we're basing our list on, right? Because it'd be too much if we talked about some of these new guys. Would you right. agree?
2: Yeah, like we can't put Pat Mahomes
1: right now. Right, it'd but- just
2: be harder to rank Pat Mahomes. Would say. A guy who's had a 12 like years. Like Favre. <laughs> right, right. Like, how am I supposed to base this?
1: Right. All right. So here's the criteria, and this is where we're basing everything on. Must have played at least three seasons in the NFL. So it eliminates some of the new guys because we never know how long their careers are going to be, man. Right. Like, you know, Kaepernick, I know he had that, that stuff with the protests and whatnot, but he was out of the league after four years. Right. And at the time, you know, he goes to the Super Bowl in year year one. Three uh, NFC Championship appearances. Yeah. And you're you're looking at him like, yo, dude, is this the, the future of the league? Which, in hindsight, it kind of was, right? That mobile right. quarterback with the big arm and they can make plays and extend plays out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. But, like, where would you rank Kaepernick?
2: Right. I should say two because the first one was with Alex Smith. Right. It was Giants. Alex yeah, Smith.
1: Yeah, yeah. uh, Who they lose to? Uh, the New York Giants. There you go. Yeah. We might have to turn off Alan's mic about that one. <laughs> uh, all right. So, it eliminates some of the new guys because... You know, like, where are we going to put Lamar Jackson? Where are we going to put Carson Wentz, Jared Goffs, if he was to crack the list? along. All right. We're basing this off. I call this, Alan, uh, the five tools of the quarterback, right? Talent, roster around him, a.k.a. the supporting cast. We're talking about the players. But also we're going to talk about the organization as number three. So head coach, front office, owner, GM, because I am in the camp of it's dope to be Joe Burrow and to be the number one pick, but you're also going to one of the worst football situations right now in, in football.
2: And uh, notoriously conservative. They don't really spell on free agency. They tend to overly rely on their draft picks, even though if they're underperforming, it's just Cincinnati is kind of a dull place that hasn't really evolved.
1: So would you agree with that? Where a lot of the times your success is based on what team drafts you like, dude, think about Pat Mahomes. Kansas City traded up to get him, and that team was stacked. All they really needed was a quarterback to really be trigger happy. Go over to him, yeah, yeah. Uh, Resume, right year to year playoff resume, and then of course championships and titles. And then, you know, you could also have, like, stability, durability, all that other stuff. Yeah,
2: consistency, how many years of quality play. That's one thing. I, I looked into a lot of how many years of, like, quality play like can we base off. what? it's, you know, QB reigns a little bit of inflates that, but or in Pro Bowls can get a little fickle. But, you know, if you look back in the 2000s, like, it was crazy comparing some of the numbers you saw from quarterbacks that were... You know, playing in 2003, 2004 to now where just stats are so inflated because, you have know, garbage time numbers, it's a passing league. So that was like one of the cool comparisons. I do want to mention that, you know, there are a lot of teams where they weren't included on this list. So what I mean by that is that like they didn't have a quarterback like, that was starting for them that you recognize from them. Like, Okay, maybe a quarterback played for the Jets or the Redskins, but they're most known for playing for the Eagles or Packers. So these teams, Niners, Bucks, Bears, Redskins, Jets, Bills, Dolphins, Browns, Ravens, Texans, Jaguars, Raiders. I have no quarterbacks from those teams. It's a lot of teams. On your whole list? Yeah. Dude. Now, now a few QBs may have played for them, but you're, you don't know them for that.
1: Oh, so they're not known for being a on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, okay, okay. they may
2: have made an appearance. Okay, come, all right, spoiler, we obviously have Brett Favre somewhere on this list. right. Right. You know, we're gonna end this show because Brett yeah, Favre's yeah, the guy, yeah, yeah. but I'm but who remembers Brett Favre for being on the Jets? Okay, maybe some miserable fans that remember that pick six a week 17 that they knocked him out of the playoffs, but yeah, things like that. A lot of teams are left off because as you realize with some of these teams or franchises, they don't know how to evaluate quarterbacks mm. and they've been in hell for years, you know cleveland brown go look at that google picture of the jersey where it's
1: like 18 different names no nah, i think it's like 24 now Oh, gee, well. you're being <laughs> to, to, to the dog pound also for me like uh what would you say is one thing that you factored into your list that was not part of like the five tools what was something else that stood out to i you? just thought they also
2: quarterbacks that didn't completely fall apart obviously look when you get old you're gonna decline but i, I kind of looked at which quarterbacks actually went out on a high note rather than just completely crashing out. So I affected that in a little bit. And also you also want to look into just you know, consistency when it comes to like three, four years, you know, how many playoff appearances. I just want to see how many years you actually play at a high level rather than, you know, okay, one year you have, you know, 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions, but next year it's like 19 and 17. So, you know, just, you know, those little things, but for the most part, that, and I do think game winning drives something that I really took into consideration. Mm. Cause I think that's a really cool stat it you know, you really sees kind of quarterback perform in you know, the most pressure-filled moments.
1: Yeah, I think both of our guys have had a lot of comebacks in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, they're up there. Yeah, they're yeah, definitely in that discussion. There. For me, I'm also factoring in a big part of my, I don't want to call it handicapping, but a deciding factor in a lot of things is influence on the game, right? So one guy in particular, um, definitely not going to be heard on this episode, is is a guy like Drew Brees, mm-hmm. right? A six-foot quarterback, he really... You know, he's a, a top 10 talent of all time, right? Absolutely. We're talking about all time, not just the 2000s. Yeah. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer when he retires. But think about the doors that he opened for guys like Russell Wilson. I know it didn't paint out, but like a Johnny Manziel being mm-hmm. drafted in the first round, it's like, oh, you know what? Undersized quarterback, it makes sense because of Drew Brees. You always want to find that Drew Brees. Baker Mayfield also. Kyler Murray mm-hmm. too. So I do think that... That's something that I'm factoring. What's your impact on the game for generations to come?
2: Oh, last I do want to mention before we start, MVPs. I think if you want at least one MVP, I'd probably put you a little higher in the list than I expected. Even though you might be – I just think winning MVP is such a huge award. That means you were the best player that year, and it was most likely you deserved it. So that's another thing I took into consideration when it came to assessing these quarterbacks because it's like, okay, if you had one year of just elite stellar play – we'll consider that over say five or six years of consistency but you just have to look at body work it's hard but you know obviously we're gonna go back and neck. and look i'm sure people are gonna be outraged by some of our list and hey it's all uh our opinion at the end of the day.
1: fire absolutely fire i think that's a great way to introduce our first guy on the list so today we're doing 25 to 21 and then did we decide what we're gonna do for the top five what did we say we were going to do for top five? Uh, to be determined. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Let's keep the suspense going. All right. Alan, start us off. Number 25. It came down to two players. Uh, oh, you know what? I like that. My fault. Yeah. Uh, let's do a little honorable mention. Who are who are some guys that are not on your list that the, might surprise there me? There really
2: isn't much when it came to honorable mentions. I will give credit to Chad Payton. I do think Chad could considering his limitations as a quarterback, Put together one hell of a career. He's also had two career uh, season-ending injuries, excuse me. But considering all the shoulder problems he's had, I did give him some consideration, but I did not put him on the list. That's about the only quarterback I'm going to mention.
1: Damn, no love for Chad Pennington, the best Jets quarterback of this century? Hey, he's 26, if that makes you feel good, Jeff Feds. Uh, all right, well, spoiler, Chad is on my list. Ooh. But uh, I left off Jeff Garcia. Okay, I did too.
2: He d- did not think twice about Jeff yeah? Garcia. Yeah? He had a couple decent years.
1: A couple of playoff runs too. I viewed
2: him more as kind of like a game manager.
1: All right. That's yeah. fair. I also left off Rich Gannon.
2: Yeah. He didn't do a lot in the 2000s. In the two, th- yeah. That's why. Mostly right. because
1: like, you know, he did go to the Super Bowl in 2002, but that was the tail end yeah,
2: of it. His was in the 90s. Like if we include the 90s, Favre would probably be up there a lot. In this list. He's still up there on my list, but I'm saying Favre could have been like top three.
1: What about Jake Cutler? Not a chance. Not a chance? Not, not an honorable mention? Not a chance. And I also left off Trent Green. Wow. Okay. Not me. Okay. All right. That's interesting. That's okay. Cool. But
2: you, you want to get to 25? Yeah, let's get to number 25. Going with Mark Bolger.
1: Stop. <laughs> that's who I have. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. Yo, guys, n- no BS. Did not, did not know. He put some quality years. Yo, l- let me just tell you a fun fact about old Dirt McGirt over here. Yeah. My favorite team growing up that weren't the Giants. Were the Rams teams.
2: I think a lot of people the first to it.
1: the first Super Bowl that I vividly remember was the greatest show on turf for 99. I know that wasn't Mark Bolger, mm-hmm. but my favorite wide receiver of all time is Torrey Holt. I I just Marshall Faulk is was ahead of his time if you really think about how the game has evolved now. Right. And Isaac Bruce also uh, Ricky Prohl. Ricky Prohl. Well, but uh, it was
2: Azir Abzi, Akeem? I think his name was the uh, kicker. Ha- 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 yeah, Akeem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: They, they just had like a lot of guys, and that offense was so fun. Mike Martz was, and the key they had behind. one of the
2: greatest left tackles ever.
1: Yeah, and also the story about losing Trent Green, who mm-hmm. was an MVP candidate, and was, uh, you know, your starting quarterback. How many teams do lose their quarterback in the preseason? And you're like, all right, we can count them out.
2: Happened to the Falcons 0-3. Vic was on the man cover in preseason. Yeah, broke his yeah, leg. Like, then come back to week 14, they were like 3-11. and 11.
1: Andrew Luck retires this past year, and yeah. you're like, all right, so much for the Colts being your Super Bowl champion, Lamb. You got to fix all your shit up. <laughs> so, all right, tell us a little bit about Mark Bolger. Mark Bolger,
2: always a very accurate passer. That's what I remember, especially in that offense. I just, with him and Mike Martz, because you know Mike Martz was infamously known for never wanting to run the ball, never use tight ends. It was just, we're going to... Eleven formation, oral play, you know, four wide receiver sets and just throw the ball. And you know, Mark, Mark Bolger had a, was a two-time pro bowler, had 16 game-winning drives. I thought from, I would say, about 03 to like 06, he, he did pretty well for the most part. It was weird. He actually replaced Kurt Warner while I was doing research. Kurt Warner suffered a concussion on opening day against the Giants, had like five turnovers. And from then on, Bolger mm-hmm. was the starter. Uh,
1: they went 12-3 and three that year in 03. Wow. Yeah. Man, I
2: think that's why I lost to Carolina. Yeah. In the Steve off. Smith scored Ooh. the
1: touchdown and then, uh, th- did that like Antonio yeah. Brown thing on the. Steve Smith,
2: man. That's true. On the right I think Bolger was a great talent, but what ultimately killed him was just that team was kind of declining. Mm-hmm. And then between Mike March just always went throwable. But then the offensive line, like Mark Bolger, crazy stat here. 27 games between 07 and 08. He took 75 sacks. That's like almost David Carr level of scary. So I think he became very skish in the pocket and that's when his career kind of diminished. And ironically, he just completely fell out of the league at that point. But I do think he has enough of a body of work where you have to
1: pump on a list. One of the first times that I played fantasy football for money, I got Mark Bolger in like the 13th round. Wow. And it was, like, a league winner for me <laughs> just <laughs> because... You put up numbers. Yeah. Yo, it, it, career high, 4,300 yards. Like, mm-hmm. nowadays, that's, like, the 17th highest total in the league. All right, but back is, to, yeah. Going back to what you said in the intro about how the, how the games changed so much. even mm. Dude, even, like, five years ago, the games really changed, True. you know? Um, I was doing some research. You know Kyle Orton led the league in passing one year? Dude, that was my god, Kyle neck beard. Oh, my God. <laughs> I still
2: say Kyle Orton stays, like, the best back quarterback ever. Him or, like, Teddy B.
1: Now... 16 game winning drives, 12 comebacks. Did have a lot of weapons at his disposal. Um, what's crazy is I do feel the one knock I would have on Mark Bolger is he had that 12 and 3 season where he came out the gates, but then not much after that. 8 and 6, 2 and 6, he got hurt. I think it's more than just the team was really declining. You're right. Yeah. yeah, the team declining. Yeah, And he played for about nine seasons. And then after that, to a lot of punishment he did yeah you're right he was you saw the real mark bolger in 2013 and then also in 2014 and then it started to decline now in 2006 he did have 24 touchdowns and interceptions Mm -hmm. but and that's where he had his career high in passing yards but man those teams were fun to watch too well, they were loaded,
2: and it's just the offense, because I remember Steven Jackson was just coming to the league, That's too. That's right, yeah. And he was a real—because uh, Falk was at the tail end, so they started using Jackson more, and it's just— I think also the NFC, because I think he just got into when the NFC West was being formed. Because remember back then, Atlanta and New Orleans were in the Rams division. It was so weird. Like the Falcons and the Saints were not NFC West. It made no sense. But once Houston came to the league, that's when Bulger came in. So he was like, he was in a weird mode. Like the, it was a team in transition, but they still had enough firepower to compete, especially in the division that was really weak. Because I remember back in 04, like it, there was like Seattle and the Rams were like, I think like 8 and 8, and they both played in the wild card round. And I think the Rams won, but then got smashed by the Falcons because the Falcons had Vic, Duckett, Dunn, you know, DVD, good times. But. Bolger, like I said, great. he had a great arm. That's one thing. But he just wasn't very mobile. And once the offensive line completely diminished, he just he couldn't really survive. And I thought for some reason, he, he was actually always on the Rams. I thought he went to another team or something. But I guess he just stayed there and eventually had to move on. I think Sam Bradford replaced him.
1: Do you remember those Fantasy Files commercials? I don't. So Damn,
2: that makes me feel young. <laughs>
1: well, this is like... Uh... Might have been 06, 07. Remember Chris Chambers on the Dolphins? Oh, okay. Then he went to the Chargers. He was a freak. What's... No, he was on Chargers. Yeah, yeah you're right. You call that. Um, they used to have a lot of guys, and they would just do ridiculous. Just so Mark Bolger hit, and apparently that was one of the ones that was actually real. Mm-hmm. He was known for his accuracy. Like he was a very accurate quarterback, and they had the first down markers, and he hit the first down marker five times in a row. Wow! And it was about from like twenty five yards out and he would hit it and then it would rotate to two and then it would rotate to three gosh gotcha. that's pretty cool and uh but, you know there was other ones where um Andre Johnson like spat the ball out of the the, the jug machine mm. and then ran like 80 yards to go catch it and it's like <laughs> come on dude like that's not possible
2: <laughs> All right, who you got 24
1: 24 I have I feel like this one's gonna get you going Kirk Cousins wow okay okay now hear me <laughs> out Nah, my list. Hear me out. He has started 93 games in his career. He became a guy who Washington was able to... You got. I'm also factoring in this. He played for the Redskins, which is... The uh, low is the low. Yeah. And he was in the same draft class as RG3. RG3 was supposed to be the guy. RG3 gets hurt. And then in comes Kirk Cousins. Remember, also an older quarterback. He was 24 years old when he made his first start in the NFL. And he was a guy that was able to. When you give up that many, and this is why ultimately I have Kirk Cousins on this list. Dude, when you're giving up that much of your future for a guy like RG3 or any quarterback, and it doesn't work out. You put yourself in a big hole. And I know Washington didn't win a Super Bowl or they didn't win a playoff game with him. But just imagine how bad it would have been and should have been for Kirk Cousins and the Redskins if it wasn't he
2: for He kept them semi relevant. Yeah, yeah
1: and, and that Garcon Deshaun Jackson year was Prime fun. Jordan Reed. That was a fun offense. Yeah. And you know, they they won a division also. I know that was with RG three, but they, they also won the division where I think they played fifteen. The they lost the Packers, yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, man, I remember I, I put a lot of money on that Packers game. I couldn't believe that one. But, you know, a lot of 29 touchdowns, 25 touchdowns, 27 touchdowns, 30 touchdowns, and then you're looking at 10, 13, 12, 11 interceptions. Doesn't really turn the ball over much. 13 game-winning drives, 10, comeback, 10 comebacks, four playoff games. I might be uh, living in the moment. I thought that win that he had in... New Orleans was super really, really big, no. super impressive. Yeah, but then the again, feeling. he uh, shit the bed against the, the Niners. I was very upset when I watched that. I couldn't believe how that team beat, beat the Saints. But the offensive line is so bad. That was just a
2: right matchup for San Fran. Because, you know, Kirk Cullen's just can't handle pressure. He's not very athletic.
1: I just didn't. I was looking at his, his record, and he, he's 44 and 42 with two ties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 66.9 completion percentage. 155 touchdowns, 71 interceptions, close to 2-to-1 ratio. But I think for how bad that organization has been, the fact that they didn't really ever make him the man. And him they never having, fully embraced him. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, now you're looking at Washington and... They're in flux. Alex Smith gets hurt. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins. I mean, I'm still not a fan of his. Uh-huh. But Jay Gruden was there and... Him and Jay Gruden kind of they were productive. They were an offense that I wouldn't say put the fear of God in you, especially when they played on prime time. But they had a lot of talent around them. That's I thought he I was stable thought. too. Yeah. You know, he didn't he didn't miss many games when he got the start, sixteen, sixteen, sixteen. The the three years that he started for the Redskins, he started all all sixteen games. Can make
2: a decent defense. I'm just not Kirk Cousins guy.
1: That's fair. Yeah. Now let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think Kirk Cousins falls in that trap of his contract is what sours people on him?
2: No, I just think his numbers are very inflated. I think he's been around a lot of talent, and I think just the pieces around him has made him look better than uh, what he is. And I also just think his inability to deliver in big moments. Okay, the New Orleans game, kudos to him. He delivered, all right, the first three-and-a-half cores, he was kind of just managing it, but those throws to Thielen and the throw to the Rudolph, those are big-time throws. But you just look at some of the primetime games, or even, like I remember his first year in Minnesota, you saw games against New England, Chicago, philly um i'm trying to get another one maybe green bay was in there but i just remember games that like kirk cousins like okay the offense needs you to deliver and they were struggling to get to like teens like they could barely put up 14 points and i just don't think kirk collins elevates players around him that's why i always be a harsh critic of his but look he's had a put he's had a been he's been through a lot uh being a quarterback of the redskins especially during that era was not a place you wanted to be but like he he's managed well. I just I don't think it's the body thing. I just think his inability to deliver in big games really sours people. And I there's times where he just makes he panics a lot. And as a quarterback, you want someone that's a leader, someone's fearless, and I don't think Kirk Cousins is fearless.
1: I do think I'm gonna catch some heat for this one.
2: Yeah, probably. But look, Kirk Cousins, he his play angers a lot of people just cause his inability to deliver. So uh,
1: Who do you have at twenty four?
2: Jake Delome. Wow. Not on my list. He's only a one-time Pro Bowler, which I was a little shocked by. But look, man, I think Jay Talome from like the mid two thousands. He all right, we had the Super Bowl year, but I thought some of those Panther teams he played a big role in. I thought his rapport with Steve Smith and Moushe Muhammad uh, carried him to play, especially in the NFC South, where that division one year Atlanta win it, then you have Tampa Bay and New Orleans. It wasn't until like the mid. Two thousand I think it was Carolina from thirteen to fifteen was like the first team in the NFC South to win a consecutive years. Before that, NFC South year in year out, there was like a new team. But Carolina, I think, always managed to stay relevant.
1: I remember in 07, the Bucks won that division because the Giants played Tampa Bay on the road in that right. first game. That was their first win.
2: Yeah. But uh, I do want we talked about earlier the Rams, Panthers playoff game that Jay Delome, 69 year bomb. Who, not, who who could forget that? What's crazy is he, in two thousand three he replaced Rodney Pete. They were down fourteen nothing Carolina. He came in and that's when it started. So two thousand three, you got to picture that. That and, was a Super Bowl year that too. Was the Super Bowl year. So, so right away, guns blazing, takes some- them. You oh, know, and then, then that I think it was an eighty five like yard touchdown Muhammad in the Super Bowl. Like that team was right there. Like they could have won Super Bowl. And who would knows what happened that legacy? Uh two thousand five. Chicago in the playoffs. Him and Steve Smith combined twelve, recep- 12 receptions for two hundred eighteen yards and two TDs in Soldier Field. Which, well, come on,
1: man, Chicago in January. So I, I think- remember that's when Chicago was starting to build that team that went to the Super Bowl the year after. Uh-huh. So this was a team that was it was about a, a two to three year window where they had um, uh, Pat Tillman, Peanut Tillman, Peanut Tillman, yeah, right, and then they Erlacher, had Urquidez, Briggs, Erlacher. all the Wale. So they were building yeah. a defense that eventually went to the yeah, Super Bowl. That was Lovey's best yeah, Lovey yeah. Smith's best yeah. year.
2: I know people will never forget Jay Thalome, the six turnovers against the Carls and the divisional playoffs. That was pretty crazy. You know what's another thing? He actually played in NFL Europe. People forget NFL Europe was a thing. He played for in Frankfurt. So Jay Lom's been around like I was in research. Like okay I knew Jake Thalome, he was kind of like this underheralded guy. I remember he actually was in New Orleans to start. He was Aaron Brooks's backup. Then went to Carolina and he just went from there.
1: Well the first year that he started I remember making note of this. He was 28 years old, dude. He was my age. Right. Imagine (laughs) me going out there. I know Taysom not QB. Yeah, but imagine your first year, you're a starter, 28 years old, and you go to the Super Bowl. I think that's very impressive too, man. But I do think that the fact that he... Look, I know NFL Europe is not the NFL, but I do think that that might have prepared him too, man.
2: Yeah. So he's he's had a rollercoaster career, and I think the way he went out was bad in Carolina. He just completely crashed out. But I think just... His body of work when it came to delivering the playoffs, going to the Super Bowl, and put it together a couple good years,
1: you know, he, that's worth it for me. He wasn't. Was it Jimmy Clausen that replaced them? Yeah, it was Jimmy Clausen. Right. I was gonna say it was it Cam, but I felt like he was there and. In- oh, no, because
2: they he got a contract extension '09. It was five years, forty two point five million. Then he just got benched the first week, and then he... one thing with DeLome is he turned the ball over a lot, which is why I think people are kind of critical of him, but. I think he's done enough where he justifies the spot for me.
1: His best season came in 2004, uh, 3,886 yards, career high. 29 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He didn't make
2: the Pro Bowl. You made the Pro Bowl following year, and this one the Pro Bowl was kind of hard to get into. It wasn't a total popularity contest, but you know, I, I think. I, I know some people be like oh okay. those Carolina teams were really good defensively he had a lot of talent around them but I still think Jake DeLome has made enough
1: big plays where it's like okay he he deserves it Jake the Snake DeLome DeLome yo you know what's funny my buddy Dominic had a Jake DeLome jersey a Black Panther Jake DeLome I feel like
2: you either really love Jake DeLome or you couldn't stand them. that was the thing
1: yo you know in the old studio we used to have we had a collection of Legends.
2: Yeah, I remember Joey Harrington, the Yeah, veteran. a yeah. lot of classic. I remember legends. Joey wanted me to bring my Dwayne Wade Marquette jersey. I was like, nah, Chance. I still wear that like every day in the Nah, summer. but that's like
1: a classic, though. We had, we made, oh, yeah, Legends. We made a big emphasis on you can't have a guy that was good. <laughs> like, but, we have to have, but sh- usually, like, you get rid of those jerseys. Like, why would I still have this? Right. Yeah. Right. So, All right. 23. 23. I'll lead this one off. I was kind of excited to talk about this, dude. I don't know why. Number 23 for me, Matt Hasselbeck. Wow. Same here. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yo, so I also think his uh, his career was very interesting, right? He's uh, back up to uh, Brett Favre in Green Bay. Um, Came to the league in the 90s. First 90s QB. Three, three-time three Pro Bowler. Uh, One Super Bowl appearance. S- also, what about this? 1998, 6 round pick, dude. This wow. isn't a, a this is a guy who had to really scrap to yeah. make it to the league before Brady. <laughs> I I really like the fact that he um four consecutive division titles. He was always in the playoffs. We didn't think about yeah. like those
2: Seattle teams. People forget with Sean Alexander and you know, they had a really good defense as well. Like him and Michael Olmger had this rapport. They've just consistently be in the playoffs.
1: 212 touchdowns, 153 interceptions, passer rating of 82.4, 60.5 percentage. Uh, like you said, a lot of playoff appearances. Beat um, out
2: Trent Dilfer to get the starting job. Fun fact.
1: Right. And then Trent Dilfer works with his brother on ESPN, or worked with his yeah. brother on ESPN. But Hasselbeck's 11 postseason starts as a QB ranked 16th all time in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Five straight leading the Seahawks to five postseasons in a row under Mike Holmgren. Like you said, at one point, this was a dude who was in the playoffs every single year. And I do think that this was prior to social media where, you know, one of the biggest stars in the league right now is Russell Wilson, and he played for the same team. Mm -hmm. But Matt Hasselbeck was a consistent dude who, you know, when you thought of Matt Hasselbeck, you thought, 21 touchdowns, 13. Rarely decisions.
2: made bad decisions. Like, he was someone that was, was very intelligent. And, of course, he had a really <laughs> – Sean Alexander, quietly, was one of, like, the best running backs from that era. Like, he did so Was an much. MVP, yeah. Yeah, but I was just knew S- Haspex. is a really smart guy. Played within his limitations. Never had the strongest arm, but he just knew where to put the ball. And I think he, once again, him and Holmgren had that thing. You know what was crazy? That, okay, everyone remembers from the mid-2000s, but he was the starting QB for that crazy Seahawks Saints game. And he threw four touchdowns. Okay, Marshall Lynch. Everyone remembers Beast Quake. Yeah, I made he, a,
1: I wrote that down in my notes too. He threw
2: four touchdowns in that win over the Saints. That was actually his final game at Quest Field. You know, because I think they just want to go in another direction after that but Talk about great way to go out. Yeah, yo, you remember who they signed? Was it Tavares Jackson? Tavares
1: Jackson. That was like Dude. my
2: brother's guy. My brother actually really liked cause he's a Viking. He's a Viking, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. Like- <laughs> he believed
1: it's <in> Tavares <laughs> But yo, look at some of these numbers, right? 26 and 15, 22 and 15, 24 and 9, 18 and 15, 28 and 12 in and 2007. He's was been in the playoffs 11 times. His best. Yeah, dude. That Some was. QB's the lucky he got five. He made 11. Yo, so that was the thing that jumped out to me the most. Uh, his his postseason numbers. And also, he went 9 and 7 with the Tennessee Titans. A lot of people forget that. was almost a playoff team in that year. And then. He kept the Colts afloat in 2015. Beat
2: the Falcons in Georgia Dome. I'll never forget. They, that.
1: They, he went, I think, like five and two, maybe yeah. five and
2: three. He just managed a game, and that was during the Pagano Griggs scenario. It wasn't with Frank Reich. He yeah, just, so there was a lot yeah. of BS
1: that he had to deal with. Also, and I think you know, he this is the the another guy on the list that was consistent he
2: was resilient too i know injuries derailed his career i remember he just had a multitude of injuries i remember i think it was he had like a lower back injury then like he had broke his wrist it's just he has he eventually injuries torpedoes his career but i think that's a lot of case with a lot of quarterbacks
1: but he's just a smart dude he really is similar to jake Delhomme. imagine what his career would have been like if they would have won that super bowl against the steelers all right who that game was very close and then they ran that trick play uh, yeah, we, we, we talked Ray about LL. it. Yeah, that was one of my favorite moments. And then uh, Willie Parker busted that really, mm-hmm. really big run there as well. So, yeah, man, I think Matt Hasselbeck, one of the more underrated quarterbacks of the 2000s, I think, yeah. also. People just don't talk about him because he never did anything too flashy. He was just, he He's was vanilla. Fishing. He was yeah. vanilla. He knew you, what you were getting with him. Yeah. Uh, and he was consistent. Yeah,
2: we do have to mention, though, the one, one of the greatest, one of the most legendary moments Oh, my God. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, dude. And Al Harris was waiting
1: for it. Okay, so the the moment we're talking about, it's the overtime game. I believe it was in 2000 and...
2: I want to say three.
1: It was the legendary overtime game against the Packers. Yeah. He says, what was it? Heads or tails? Which one was it?
2: Uh, Tails and we're going to win it. Tails and we're going to score. And then he throws
1: a pick six to Al Harris. And it was a really bad pick six. It oh, was it was crazy. horrible. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a bad <laughs> ball. And it was one of those—the moment it left his hand, you just felt like it was going to be a disaster.
2: Right. And it was a Lambo too. He was going back in Lambo, going against his mentor Brett yeah. Favre. Oh, just the crash, turbo oh, way crash. Run so yeah, he he can never live that down. But probably
1: <laughs> the most legendary moment of any quarterback on our list. Would you agree? Like as far as like legend in the sense that we like to use.
2: Probably, I have to put more thought to it, but that's definitely up there because it's just he. You totally—it just totally blew up in his face, and he could never live it down, oh, especially in the playoffs.
1: Dude, imagine if that would have happened now with social media. That was oh. another thing that I was thinking about, because he was also involved in the infamous Tony Romo game. Oh wow! The, the fumble snap, yeah, on the extra point, yeah. So imagine what that—that would have been a meme for years right. if they would have had that. Like so. <laughs> the, now you know it's just on it. NFL films, like you yeah, watch it. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh, this
2: happened. Yeah, you, I guess you could laugh about it, but well, you got twenty-two.
1: Number 22 for me. I think this is going to be another one that I'm going to get heat for. Ryan Tannehill.
2: Whoa. Not even on my radar. (laughs) Get into it.
1: All right. Let me make the case for flying Ryan Tannehill. I do think that I am falling in some recency bias with this one. His run that he had with the Tennessee Titans. Getting them to an AFC title game. A part of a draft class where... He was the biggest wild card of that draft class. Definitely forgotten about. Definitely forgotten about. Well, actually, Brandon Whedon has been forgotten about. Well, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't count him. But <laughs> if you go back to that, and the reason why I also have him on here is because I remember that draft because I was there. I went to that draft. 2012? 2012. Yeah. And then I went to 2013 with you. Good times. And in 2012, I remember the conversation about around Ryan Tannehill being, well, is he going to be able to transition from being a wide receiver, one-year starter as a quarterback at Texas A&M, then going over there? Also, he was one of the many first-round quarterbacks in that draft class, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the the first-rounders? Yeah,
2: Luck. Well, Wilson wasn't first-round. So no, Wilson was 3rd round. Yeah, though. so Luck, RG3, Whedon. I'm th- I feel like I'm missing someone. Him. Okay, so it was four. Yeah.
1: All right, cool. So Ryan Tannehill uh comes out is the number eight selection in that in that draft. And then you're just looking at it and dude, we talked about um we talk about being in an organization that was not the most stable.
2: That's putting it kindly when it comes to Miami.
1: Yeah, like this is an organization that they had so some- a lot
2: of turnover. A lot of bad draft picks.
1: You had a you had an organization that got rid of their best players within like a couple months of each other, right? They got rid of Sue. They got rid of a die uh, a Jai. They got rid of Landry. Uh, Landry. They didn't know what to do with Devontae Parker until like four weeks ago. The
2: Adam Gase effect,
1: you know. So, I made the playoffs in a division which it was. You're not winning the division. You're not going <laughs> to win the division. Yeah. So you got to go through the wild card. And it was also a time where the AFC was a lot more like right now, the AFC is really top heavy. Yeah. Right? It's like there's three to four teams that really are consistent year in, year out. But this is also a time where you had like the Ravens and the Steelers going at it. Right. Mm-hmm. And even the Bengals. Right. Let's not forget about the Bengals um you had the patriots you had um the colts with peyton manning and obviously like andrew luck comes in but andrew luck right away three straight seasons of 11 and Mm 5 and you know you had philip rivers out west you had uh um Peyton manning ends up going to denver so you had a very competitive afc east i think the one thing with ryan tannehill that i'm the reason why i'm putting him on here is dude he was he was healthy outside of that one
2: season he was steady, but I just don't remember him like blowing the doors off or anything. Like he was like, alright, sometimes he would put up decent numbers, but then he was constantly like underwhelming. I know this just the whole structure there was like we talked about unstable. But I just don't remember Ryan Tannehill do anything like extraordinary.
1: Yeah, but I also think that was a that was a situation of this that had to do with a lot that was around him yeah. also. You know, he was he was consistent, like he seven and nine, eight and eight, eight and eight, six and ten, like all an like we're talking top twenty five. Like man, like eight and eight and five, and then he didn't play that year right. where he got the concussion, and then Matt Moore comes in. Right, that playoff game was a disaster. I just I've always been a Tannehill guy, and I think that he got a lot of heat. And I didn't think he really deserved it. You know, some of it was definitely unwarranted. Yeah, twenty-four touchdowns, seventeen interceptions, twenty-seven touchdowns, twelve interceptions, four thousand yards, one, two, two seasons, three, three thousand nine hundred and thirteen yards in the other. I do think that this run that he went with Tennessee is definitely helping his case. Now I know in the playoffs wasn't really much. It was big game magic. Yeah, but but they don't make the playoffs without him. That's clear. Yeah. And yeah. Now I think Tennessee has solved their issue at quarterback. You move on from Mariota. Mm-hmm. So I know this isn't gonna be a popular one, but I I feel right with him being one of the more not iconic, but one of the better quarterbacks of this this century. All right. I know you don't agree, I yeah, can tell by your face. Nah, I did not. Shout even out to consider. the YouTube videos, man. Make sure you guys are following those and subscribe to that. Twenty two, I got Matthew Stafford. Wow. Okay, so might be a little low for people, but, Yeah, yeah. He's on my list yeah. for sure. Um, but not on this episode. So okay. all
2: right, I do think Stafford's numbers are a little inflated between playing with Calvin Johnson and just that Detroit offense, where it wasn't like four years where they didn't have a hundred yard rusher in a game. It was some crazy stat, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, Forty yeah. sign, they just couldn't do it. So I do think Stafford's numbers are definitely inflated, but. The resiliency and just his ability to play through pain—I always was really impressed by. Like Stafford played through a separated shoulder. He was actually youngest quarterback ever to throw five touchdowns in a game. It was against, or it was against the Browns, but still like five touchdowns, especially back in 2009. That's a huge achievement. And you know, I do, stay, I do like the fact that Stafford's always been fearless. Like he's someone that he will make every throw. Okay, decision making might not be always great, but he I will put die
1: it on this hill by myself. Give me a quarterback like Stafford. Any day of the week, twice on Sunday, over a guy like Alex Smith. All right. Most people would agree. I would hope. <laughs> I want. I no, but I want a guy that's gonna go out there and try to win the game for me, not try to not lose it.
2: Yeah, because because when you think about it, just. Because look at the whole Alex Smith thing we mentioned before, like how frustrated Year in year out, you have a championship caliber roster, and you're just consistently being held back. Like you can't compete with the Patriots, or you you maybe could beat the Steelers, but you're falling short, and it's just this guy can't throw downfield. Because to me, it's like you need a quarterback to throw downfield. Stafford definitely can throw downfield. Or maybe not for – maybe it will be in double coverage, but hey, he could – he sometimes got the job done. I thought one of the craziest things in 2011, which where he was comeback player of the year – Twice is back-to-back week. So week three against the Vikings back in 2011, they were down 20 to zero at halftime. They win 26-23 in overtime. Then they played the Cowboys the next week, which was the infamous Calvin Johnson game. They were down 27 you to said three. Double
1: covers. That was literally yeah. coverage. Just throwing up there.
2: Down 27 to three in the third quarter, and this was before Atlanta-New England thing. I hate that I even brought it up. But then they won 34-30. They beat Dallas. So, so yeah, Stafford tells 11 comeback player of the year. Things are really building up front. Because remember, the first two years, he suffered some season-ending injuries. It was pretty gruesome. But I think the reason why Stafford's kind of lower on list is just there's a lot of seasons where, okay, the stats look good, but it's just he kind of, or the team in general kind of, disappointed or played well below expectations you look at 2012 didn't really build on 2013 that's when Schwartz got fired they, they, I think they were like 7-3 and they completely faltered then 2015 started and 5 and then 2018 season missed there was a point where I thought Stafford might not even be the starter anymore I thought this past season he played pretty well before once again just another quarterback where injuries kind of derailed his career a little bit but I think he's still someone that you know warrants enough respect someone that's like we said true gunslinger But I just think the lack of, like, he's only been two playoff games. And I know we could talk about the situation Detroit, not the ideal franchise. Well, yeah,
1: and I hate to cut you off. You got to remember, you got to throw in the mix. A couple of Viking seasons. Got to go through Rodgers. Right. Right. Didn't the Lions.
2: That Cowboy playoff game that got kind of jobbed.
1: Right. But it also took the Lions, I think, 23 years to win in Lambeau. It was something ridiculous like that. But, dude, I think from 2011 to 2018 didn't miss a start he's had a great body of work and yeah. and i think that stuff means something to me yeah durability of course Yeah, need and look since 2009 are they going to take a quarterback number three overall this year who knows i don't think they are but i think he's brought stability to that position yeah. and outside of two seasons where it got cut short with injuries he's been reliable. Yeah, dude. he's had some and, down years, Kansas. And, yeah. and yo, you know, I said that thing about Alex Smith before and how Matthew Stafford, I love a guy who's a gunslinger. Mm-hmm. Dude, he doesn't really throw a lot of interceptions. He just could be wild to 32 and 13, 24 and 10, 29 and 10, 21 and 11, a 2.4 TD to INT ratio. Mm-hmm.
2: He just tends to be wildly inaccurate. With kind of. no running yeah. game, too. True, dude. no We're running game It's crazy. He's only he's only been the one Pro Bowl, which I think maybe a little biased, but and he's had 34 game winning drives, which I think is huge. And yeah. that's a franchise that needs He's put the TIs back a little bit. I just think he could have done more. I think him and Calvin, it's disappointing they only had what one play or two playoff games to show for it, and they lost both. New Orleans is pretty convincing. You know, Dallas they got kind of job, but you know, Stafford is definitely someone that should be on the list, but he's a little over for me.
1: All right. Last but not least, at least for this episode. Or did you who was your twenty two? Not Stafford's twenty two. Oh, so oh, yeah. so we agreed on that one too.
2: Oh, you didn't you have ten in
1: the twenty two? Oh my god, I'm an idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm doing? I'm writing down yours and mine <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. as we're going because I'm we got we got, we got and Hasselbeck so far. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Number twenty one for me. My guy. Ten mode. Chad Pennington, baby. Wow. Okay. Two time <laughs> AP comeback player of the year talk about significant injuries. Comeback player, yeah. Um not exactly the most talent around him. Yeah. An organization that is not exactly the Patriots. They've had their issues. And I think he brought some stability to that team. Now look, a lot of seasons the reason why he won comeback player of the year is because he was injured oftentimes. Yeah. Torn labrum, all that. But also I like what he did when he went to Miami. Actually won the division that year.
2: Eliminated the Jets in the process of, Yeah, the far of year. Yeah.
1: And in 08, they won that division again. Grain of salt because that was when Brady got hurt in week one. So yeah. that's the only time. And I f-
2: felt like they rid the Wildcat wave. That, that was the year. They did. Yeah. 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 They
1: did do the Wildcat. But 10 game-winning drives, 7 comebacks, um, 64 interceptions to 102 touchdowns. I really wanted to show love for him because of what he did with the Jets. Now, I know it's not saying much, but don't forget, it was also that year where O'Brien missed all those field goals too against the Chargers where they were a yeah. favorite. Lost to Pittsburgh. And then they paved the way for, for Mark Sanchez, and they had you know the, the Brett Favre year in between that. But only eight seasons with the Jets. But I think with Chad Pennington, man, I, I think for – that team, he made the playoffs. He's played in six playoff games, which was a shock to it's me. Pretty surprising, yeah. And in his first two stints in the playoffs, actually won games. So he's two and four in his career in the playoffs. And I think one of those games, then they beat the Colts like thirty-eight to nothing. I remember one year they just they, they just put the beat down on them. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot, dude. There's been a lot of like wacky playoff games. Remember the Giants beat the Vikings like forty-four nothing. I know. My this sh- early two thousand childhood man. Right. And then you had even the Panthers beat the piss out the Cardinals in the playoffs yeah. uh, during the Cam years. There's some
2: crazy NFC championship games. Like we will definitely at some point talk about the Atlanta Green Bay one with Ryan Rodgers. But yeah, it's just even, even
1: Philly, Minnesota was a beatdown oh. also. <laughs> it seems like the Giants always play tough <laughs> NFC title games just because they want to take years off my life. Yeah. Overtime in both of them. Both Super Bowls that the Giants went to, they went into overtime in the NFC title game. Yeah. But you know what? I miss having that problem, Alan. Yeah, now your problem
2: is, will the season
1: mean anything in December? December? You're being polite. (laughs) Mid-October, are we not one in five? Anyway, back to Chad Pennington. Um, Never really lit it up on the stat sheet. I was always a fan of his also. I might be a little biased because when I was growing up playing quarterback, I never had the strongest arm. And I feel like with Chad Pennington, he was always a guy who like he never wowed. He was notorious for it. He never wowed you. He never did anything that you were like, yo. He just knew how to manage it.
2: Yeah. I think he was like the I don't know if he was the originator of it, but when it came to Dink and Dunk offenses, I feel like he was on the first to be a part of it. Like just seeing him and him and uh Herm Edwards, just a funny deal. Because Chad Panton just looks so innocent. But I don't know, to me he just never really elevated anyone. He's a good manager, but it was isn't someone that I'm ever gonna consider to be great.
1: I, I also factored this in. Obviously he was hurt a lot, but in ga- in seasons in which he played more than twelve starts above five hundred in every single one of them. Jets had some decent teams. Eight and four, eight and five, ten and six, and even eleven and five when you go over to what happened with him in Miami. So and I also factor in that they were going up against the greatest organization in all of professional sports that during was their, their peak, era. The peak too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Who you got at uh twenty one?
2: Is the first one there. There might be a couple high rolls, but I'm going Carson Wentz. Wow. Four years in the league. Balls. Th- I love it. Three,
1: you know how I feel about Carson Wentz.
2: Four years in the league. I'd say his rookie year, kind of disappointed during the end. He clearly hit the rookie wall. But 17, should have been MVP if, he's, if the freak injury doesn't happen in Los Angeles. All right, 18. It took some time to get going. But I thought he had a really good season, all things considered. Look at that roster. Just how things just completely fell apart at the receiver position. Between You know, there was no Philly receiver that had over 500 yards this year. It was just Ertz, Goddard, and just a bunch of guys because, you know, Deshaun Jackson went down. Jeffrey couldn't stay on the field. And then yeah, Greg Ward and (laughs) Sato White said at one point. It's crazy how the Eagles and Patriots, two fantastic organizations, they know talent, both kind of failed in a rookie class where there were just so many really good receivers. Hey, like even the
1: Giants got one. Gettleman gentlemen baby,
2: <laughs> unlike Harry Roseman, Belichick,
1: he 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 got a receiver. And yo, don't you think a guy like Debo would have been a perfect or Metcalf? Yeah, Metcalf. I'm not or gonna Metcalf. run off and say a Whiteside, but
2: he looked lost out there. He just seemed like a, he made some big catches, but it's yeah. so very I know, why,
1: why do you think wide receiver is such a difficult position for guys to translate to?
2: Whether it's just the college offense they're from, like basically like Baylor, where it's kind of like. Look at Corey Coleman. What do you run, like, only three routes? Yeah. So it could be that. Also, it just could be the offensive system. Some well, Pittsburgh, I feel like they do a really good job just bringing you in slowly and helping you learn the offense or putting you in favorable positions.
1: But then on the flip side, I remember my hot take was when the Giants drafted Odell Beckham in 2014, mm-hmm. I thought Landry was the better receiver. And then Odell blossomed into the megastar that he is. Right. So... You either see a guy who... guys just evolve. You know. yeah, I know it's a basic answer, but... I know, but I think it's the right one. Mm-hmm. I think basic is, is right sometimes. Right. So. But dude, I love this Carson Wentz call. Look, I'm a big Carson Wentz guy. I think he's a top five talent in, in the league right now. I think he's in that discussion with uh, Pat Mahomes and some of those guys, yeah. the upper echelon of quarterbacks, Russell Wilson. I strongly believe that. Mm-hmm. I'm a big, big believer in... Elevating the talent around you, that team had no business being in the playoffs. I think, I think that the Eagles made the right move in paying him when they did because they've shaved off a couple million dollars on the cap Mm -hmm. annually, and now they've put a lot of pressure on the Cowboys to have to make a decision on Dak Prescott in division. And then you look at that game, that division, that that week sixteen, week sixteen game, beat Dallas. Dude, Dak has Amari Cooper, Gallup, Zeke tremendous O-line. Because remember, the Eagles O-line started to get banged up too. Yeah, Lane like Johnson were,
2: missed games, Jason Pierce showing his uh, age. Brooks. Yeah.
1: Where you were saying to yourself, at least they have that O-line. Mm-hmm. They can make. But then it's like, all right, this guy's going down, that guy's going down. And now I got Greg Ward is, is yeah. getting nine targets a game Was yeah. a wide receiver in college. So I'm a big believer in guys like Carson Wentz. When they have talent around them, watch out. I am not selling my stock on Carson Wentz. I bought all the stock on Carson Wentz. I think he's tremendous. And I absolutely love The grapefruits on your end to put them on this list because
2: I I believe so. The 2017 season I think really sets apart. Show an MVP. You still first team, second All Pro. I think All Pro is one of the most prestigious things because that has
1: nothing to do with the Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's actual.
2: Yeah, like to me, to be a second-team all-pro, alright, maybe still second-team, but still, it's like, you're one of the top two players in your position. I think that's just massive. And, you know, he had a couple 4 touchdown games against teams like Denver, which is big, because Denver still had that fear some defense at the time. I remember the Monday night game against Washington, like, that 2017 season, he was just playing elite level. Because there are a lot of questions going to that 2017 season because he, you want to talk about hitting the rookie wall, I think he had it so bad in 2016. Like, he faded really badly. So, what he did in 2017, coming Back in 18, a little shaky, but I thought this year he put together a really good body of work. So Carson Wentz, even though only four years in the league, pretty much only three years of real quality play, I still think, especially given 2017, I'm putting him up there.
1: Carson Wentz is a nice example while we do this list and we wind down this episode of the show of sample size. Mm-hmm. Do you take a 10 10- nine-year career of Kirk Cousins over what Carson Wentz has done that's where the debates get interesting Mm -hmm. because I think the talent level is nowhere near comparable but I give a guy like Kirk Cousins the benefit of the doubt and edge over where Kirk Cousins is probably never going to win an MVP he's never going to be a top five player at his position he's going to be paid like one yeah but I also think the consistency over a long time period. But then again, you look at guys like Terrell Davis made the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And what do you have, five good seasons? Right. If they it,
2: had- it is sometimes high-end play. And you just look at some of the seasons. And I do think putting yourself in a position to win a Super Bowl is big, which he did. You know, He led that team to be the number one seed.
1: If it wasn't for Carson Wentz, they don't win that Super Bowl. And I don't care what anyone says.
2: Yeah, who knows what happens. Like if Philly has to go on the road. In yeah. the playoffs. Dude,
1: they were underdogs at home. Yeah. Do you know that Atlanta, how if it? you're a one seed, if yeah. you're a one seed historically in the NFC title game right. on average, you're about a six point favorite. They were a dog to the Minnesota Vikings yeah. that week. Because
2: think about some of those teams that they play they would have played Minnesota or like a New Orleans if they if say Wentz doesn't put them out of position or even that really good Rams team. Like, who knows what would happen. Philly's one of the most intimidating places to play and yeah, for them man. to do it. So yeah, I, I I'm always been a big win scott, and I do think just based on his work, I know maybe it's a little a little too high, but I think just based on twenty seventeen and his success in itself, I'm gonna put him up there.
1: I love it. I love it. I um this this was my favorite take of this episode so okay. far.
2: I just can't believe we got two at with Bulger and Hasselbeck. Yeah. Like same spot. I did not expect that. Yeah. I expected one and two only to have the same spots.
1: Yeah. My, I'll tell you this much. My top 10 is all over the place. I'm
2: looking forward to it. We're going to yeah, get to it that, soon that enough. That top 10 is, that. is
1: really, really dandy. All right, guys. This episode is up on the Patreon. Over the weekend, now you guys that are listening to this, Alan and I are going to finish the rest of the series. So you Patreon members, for $1 a month, you'll be able to hear the entire series. These are going to be every Monday moving forward for the month of March. You'll be getting the rundown of the top 10. 25 quarterbacks and like i said patreon.com slash veterans minimum any little bit helps to grow the show to get a studio get better mics and all that fun stuff cameras we're building something really cool here check that out show some love get in the discord as well and we do have i know you're gonna get excited for this is your level of expertise bracket season's coming up let's go we're gonna have a very very big contest for the ncaa tournament 2020 edition march madness my favorite weekend in all of sports is that opening weekend of March Madness and I am not a college basketball fan Alan. I'm aware of that not one bit don't watch it until the tournament which you know there are a lot of people like that totally but it's it's my favorite dude you get games from 1205 to about 1 a.m yeah you invest a lot a bunch of 18 19 year olds that die. I know <laughs> nothing about what's better than that nothing better than that <laughs> you, so you just hope they can hit threes yeah yeah and and those uh those you know 10-0 runs that put teams out of
2: the the 12-5 upset yeah Yeah.
1: my favorite one a lot a lot of people's also so yeah that's going to be in there and yeah uh roll call as we wind down the show you members of the patreon shout out to nick chavez in the supermax ryan pisner my guy piz shout out bills mafia christopher velasquez beau clore my girl kjh Corey Johnson hoops, Derek Pleiates and Daniel Gibson. Thank you all for your monthly donation to the program. And also we got, let's give a shout out to this guy, new member of the Patreon. Where's he at? Where's he at? What's his name? Marcos Robledo. I definitely butchered that last name, but congrats and welcome. You are now a legend of the good kind. Thank you all for listening. Oh, actually, no, my bad. Alan, where can they find you, brother, brother?
2: Alan underscore Stirk. That's a double L E N underscore S T R K
1: at the Lamb shows where you can find me at veterans minimum guys if you want to watch this episode you can it is on the youtube channel youtube.com slash veterans minimum all think veterans minimum i just said veterans minimum a lot in the last minute and a half i'm gonna shut up now good night and congrats